Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, I'm all right. It's been a while, hasn't it? I know. So the last episode that we did was um, our spooky season episode back um, on Halloween. So it's been, yeah, two, two or three weeks. We've taken a bit of a, a bit of an autumn hiatus, I suppose. Yes, a little, uh, little bit of time to, to reset whilst the leaves fall. And now here we are, bare and ready <laughs> for another, I don't know, what season? We'll say it's a new season, the winter season of Queer yeah. And back in lockdown part two. So how have you been finding it? Um, how have you been finding the sequel? <laughs> lockdown to the streets, but not the streets at all, because you're not allowed on them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's not great, is it? But um, I mean, I'm at my sister's, as I mentioned last uh, time, um, mainly because I was awaiting wait- the imminent arrival of a second baby, and the second baby is here now, yeah. um, born just before lockdown 2.0. Um, so yeah, welcome to the world, little baby Joshua. Um, and he's a lovely, uh, little bean, which is really nice little, uh, he's so tiny. It's so funny how you forget like how, well, I mean, I mean, I don't have that much experience with babies apart from my other nephew, but like how you forget how small a baby is. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so little and cute. It's nice. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we wouldn't really have been going loads of places anyway, uh, when you have like a newborn um really so it's it didn't really feel like lockdown that much and also like all the stuff we've been doing here uh anyway pre-lockdown in like a in a 2020 covid sense anyway like going for walks in the park and going taking leo to the playground or like going and getting a takeaway coffee like all those things are still actually available so it doesn't actually feel that different yeah. um really here so um yeah, so it's been all right. Just a lot of, you know, new baby stuff, a lot of changing nappies, getting milks ready, entertaining the toddler <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, so it's been all right. Uh, just uh, quite, um, uh, uh, it just doesn't really feel like a, a, a lockdown to me, but um, I guess it, I guess it is. How, how's it been for you? Yeah, sort of the same. I mean, my life hasn't really changed dramatically. Um, I suppose been working from home since March and don't really go anywhere anyway. So it's not it's not that different, I guess. And because we've been in tier three for so long, yeah. Um, you know, we haven't really been able to do anything like have people in the house or anything that would make it feel markedly different. I, I suppose. So yeah, yeah just just uh trucking on with more of the same but um i wanted to ask you and i've seen a lot on like instagram and various things with people feeling like this year more than ever as soon as it's got past halloween it is christmas season people are leaning into christmas 100 percent. even people who previously might have had had a bit more of a um, a strict attitude as to when Christmas should start have you know slightly bent the rules this year to just have something to kind of look forward to and I know that you are a bit of a Christmas purist and have a lot of opinions on how Christmas needs to be for you personally (laughs) so I wanted to get your view on that and whether or not you think that that is the correct or incorrect thing to be doing at this time well, I mean, yes, you're right. I have in the past been known as a Christmas purist um, and been like, no, not until the strike of midnight on, on <laughs> December 1st, like classic, like it's like, like when a lockdown starts, it's uh, that's when Christmas starts. But um, uh, last year, actually, I remember getting into Christmas like about a few, maybe a week earlier when me and you went to that Love Actually thing. I was and we talking also, about that last night. Yeah. And we also went um, to your Christmas fair in, in your, in, in your mum's village. And like, we went out for, cause that was like the weekend before, isn't it? It's like the last weekend of November, isn't it? Oh, we went to see the worst that? Christmas movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> I would give anything to see the worst Christmas movie ever with you and have really bad Malaysian food. And Same. just, yeah. Or like share a packet of, don't know rebels or something yeah minstrels yeah Yeah. would would give any would give anything to do that again um but so yeah so i remember being like oh no that's and like leaning into it last year and this year i'm fully of the belief that anything goes like start it now start it six weeks ago take it all the way through to march april i don't care do what you want like because it's a nice thing and like i am i am ready for it like i knew uh you know christmas isn't going to be you know exactly the same as we expect not that we really know what it's going to be yet but or what we're allowed it's allowed to be in a sense um 
but uh i think you know all those nice things about christmas like movies and lights and uh, food and you know all the nice and the music and stuff like that why why not embrace it early um my sister who i'm living with now is like i think she was like i'm definitely gonna put up the christmas tree early so we can have it for like longer um and she i thought she meant like maybe the last weekend of november or something instead of the first weekend of december she was like no i think i'm gonna do it next weekend <laughs> like, okay fine like whenever whenever you want it like why not like might as well extend it a bit yeah and especially like yeah. the people the people who are kind of lucky enough to be working from home and things you can enjoy it for a bit longer i mean most of us only get to see our christmas tree for an hour or so every night before we go yeah. to bed so it's kind of nice to be able to enjoy a christmasy space if that's something that is um available to you and i'm also kind of hopeful this year that like you know because of time but also because you know people are thinking a bit differently everybody's gone through so much this year that people are going to be like a little bit more maybe maybe giving around christmas than maybe they might have been um previously the stuff in our family that that we're planning to do which um you know we usually do something anyway but i think that you know i'm hopeful that other people will be thinking along the same lines of i just think that maybe how people have been feeling about Christmas and their sort of awareness of maybe people's situations this past year with furlough and job insecurity and all of those things, um, might have kind of opened people's minds a bit and, you know, will hopefully create more of a kind of giving, um, community spirit, especially around Christmas, but also hopefully like after Christmas as, as well. So if you're thinking of doing something, definitely do it because it is a really nice thing to do and there's loads of things that you can do and loads of people that you can help at this time and also in other times definitely yeah spread the uh, christmas cheer more than ever um and yeah on on into the future as well yeah no i agree i think i think that hopefully there will be a lot more people doing things like that so that'll be nice yeah oh have you watched the john lewis ad no <laughs> My sister is like always obsessed with the John Lewis ad and she's been waiting and waiting and she keeps being like, maybe they're going to show it now. Maybe they're going to show it in this. Maybe they'll show it now. Why haven't they released it yet? Um, and she just really enjoys adverts. As, as you know, in one of our most, most recent, I don't agree with it. I told you I don't agree with adverts at all anymore. So <laughs> I've, I've lost the, uh, I, like, I've, I've not cared about like the John Lewis ad or, or Christmas ads for a very long time. So, um, but I will watch it at some point when it, you know, is on my feed and it just, I can't escape it and I'll see it. But like, they don't have um, linear TV in this household. So I'm much less likely to encounter it uh, without, you know, uh, with just tellies on or whatever. Um, yeah. But my sister said she's watched it. She's like, oh, it's, it's not a tearjerker, but it is nice. It's, yeah, I, I would agree. It's not a tearjerker, but it is nice. And I feel like it's like striking the right tone. And right, yeah. the messaging sort of behind it and the work that they're doing kind of behind the scenes feels like tonally the correct thing. And they've also, they, they commissioned a lot of different creatives to do a lot of the work in different mediums so that right. they can employ a lot of people across creative industries who have lost their jobs. And I thought that was a great idea. But then also um laura pointed out to me that in the same week they've also made loads of job cuts for people in their own businesses so right. it's kind of you know how do you marry up those two things when they're yeah. putting money into that pot but obviously having to take it away in another yeah pot, you know for yes. their own for their own em employees so then you sort of wonder about the ethics of that or you know um it's it's difficult isn't it but i think that you know they would have done a christmas ad anyway so i suppose if they're going to do it, at least, you know, all those people who might have been out of work have got some extra money. At least someone's got some money who needs the money, I guess, is what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, it's hard to uh, marry those two things and uh, think about, like, what's really happening there. I agree. So aside from um, gearing up for the festive season, what else are you living and longing for this week, Olivia? Well, my living is basically gearing up for the festive season and um, it is via the medium of Channel 5 Christmas films. <laughs> so I am both living and longing for those things, um, to be honest. And um, this Sunday is a veritable feast of Christmas options. So we have A Fairy Tale Christmas, Mrs. Miracle 2, Miracle in Manhattan. That's one of my favourites. <laughs> oh, it's just, you know, going to be absolutely non-stop christmas action 
um the christmas train is also Ooh. on so we've got like lunchtime to tea time non-stop <laughs> christmas films and i absolutely live and long for those things perfect yeah my i, I realized i asked you um uh what aside from uh christmas are you living and longing for and then i realized my longing was also getting into christmas early <laughs> um and yeah watching all those uh channel five movies um they are stunning and just so comforting to see something that's like sort of really formulaic and you sort of know exactly what's going to happen uh and it's set in like a you know nice like town in connecticut or whatever and you know it's a nice yeah, time yeah and it's always yeah. like we were saying um off mic some kind of like journalist who's going back to her hometown to do some kind of op-ed on the town community fair and actually like she brings the fair to life and she also like meets the love of her life who also moonlights as father christmas and that's every single film yeah yeah and and they they're always like the town carpenter or like something yeah. like that and, and they initially don't really hit it off and they don't really like each other they think <laughs> they feel it's a bit brash and yeah. oh she's a city girl and no oh, i'm a i'm a village guy or whatever and then and then they realize that actually what they both want is the true spirit of Christmas, which is to fall in love with each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They both, want, they both want the, the true spirit of Christmas and they both want to employ a cameraman to like do, um, do a drone of like them snogging <laughs> going out into the distance. <laughs> that is oh the my true God. meaning That's of That's quite high budget for a Channel 5 Christmas movie, a drone. Although yeah, actually, yeah, maybe that, maybe that is too high for <laughs> But um, I also enjoy ones that do have like a like a magic um, supernatural element, much like a boyfriend for Christmas, which is a great example of that. Yes, I love all the ones which are a boyfriend for Christmas, a granddad for Christmas, a puppy for Christmas, a nephew for Christmas, a song for Christmas. All did you them. watch? Did you watch that one from last year that came out with Vanessa Hudgens in when when that like night from ten sixty six came back called? or something? Um, <laughs> Is it called the night the night before Christmas or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but it's spelled with a K. I loved that one. Didn't we watch that together? No, I watched it with Laura, and we co- we called it the K night. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was. Re- oh, I watched it here actually with my sister. Um, that is, I love that one. I'm definitely gonna watch that one again. It's so stupid. What was that one last year that we watched that we absolutely just like loved? Do you remember? Well, we yeah. watched the netflix like queer one yes that was it um let it snow that That one's good that's definitely getting a rewatch definitely getting a rewatch yeah there are some good options i'm definitely gonna uh watch carol this season as well um you know because it's a bit got like a christmas edge and i haven't rewatched carol since the first time i watched it so no same and also i've i haven't seen all of it i've only seen the abridged version on the plane so I still need to see the whole thing. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I think I've seen an abridged version, but I can't think where I was. I can't remember what, I cannot remember watching it even. So I definitely need to see it again. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, uh, wait, what was my next question? Oh yes. Will you be re-watching The Holiday? I will watch The Holiday if it, um, uh, if I chance upon it. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch them all, and it's going to be on ITV2 like for six months. So there's going to be nothing else on ITV2. Like, yeah, exactly. the holiday owns ITV2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. ITV2 owns the holiday, so there you go. <laughs> so I won't have a choice, it'll just be there. And also, um, I just think that, like, that is really all of those actors in their absolute prime. So we've got Jude Law looking the best he's ever looked, yeah. absolutely dashing in all of his, like, cashmere jumpers same for kate winslet who is always just an absolute classic beauty cameron diaz looking gorgeous in all of her angora tops and then we've got jack black who is you know everyone's kind of a bit off the beaten track crush so <laughs> let's be honest what more could you want uh, oh, it's also got that got that cute old man i love old old people at christmas oh yeah he's nice the one they do the award show thing for yeah yeah <laughs> And just to mix things around um, slightly, I wanted to talk about some newsy bits, you know, hot from our news desk. But one of these is actually also, and I don't agree with it. Oh. I don't agree with it. So I'm not sure if you've heard the news, Lucy, or if you've been following Strictly at all, but Nicola Adams is out of Strictly. I did see this. I saw a little, it flashed up on my phone, I think, or on Twitter or something. Um, is it because her partner tested positive for COVID? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. But I just think, get get her a new partner. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they didn't just, 
yeah, sub someone in for a couple of weeks or, you know, while she's doing, doing a quarantine or something or why, why does she need to just be axed from it? I don't understand that sort of like, it's, oh yeah, odd, very odd. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense to me. And also Rylan Clark has also been uh, quarantining because of, because of Rona. So um, Is Rylan not something to do with Strictly? LGBT community disproportionately affected. Yes, um, he presents um, Strictly It Takes Two. Oh, does he? Yeah, with Zoe Ball. Yeah. I love Rylan. So do I. I just want him to have like every success and be like so great. I love him. I think he's so funny as well. I feel the same. I think he's such a good presenter and I think it's such a skill to be able to do live TV and he can do it really flawlessly. So I, I think that he... Uh, in, in a sense like obviously is getting credit because he's getting all these gigs and stuff but also like i think that people still sort of see him as a bit of like an x-factor joke person but actually he's so talented and so good at his job and i just love him so um yeah wishing all of the happiness and success to rylan clark love you yes it is a it's a shame that nicola adams has been uh cut so quickly off strictly when you know they were making some history in being the first same-sex couple so that is a shame definitely. i know cute without the e cut from the team <laughs> also in news this week um i know that we've spoken about this before um i'm not sure whether we have on the podcast but um as we all know there is a new film remake of the witches um, um yes there is i've not seen it um i've i've seen like uh that it has had a bit of uh negative press is that right yeah and it's had a bit of negative press it's been criticized over um anne hathaway's villainous depiction of the grand high witch previously played by absolute icon angelica houston um but hathaway's character um has three fingers on each hand and it is basically people have criticized the depiction of this because it's been sort of portraying people with limb differences as kind of mean or nasty or um you know monstrous in some kind of way and um paul davis who won mr gay wales a couple of years ago has been talking about it and has sort of spoken out um about it and said seeing themselves portrayed as a villain or something mean and nasty when you have no representation anyway is quite dangerous and i i completely agree like we shouldn't be showing sort of physical differences in that way as some kind of marker of like monstrousness or otherness and it's actually just you know a real dangerous stereotype especially when we really never see hardly anybody with limb differences you know depicted as characters in tv and film anyway so you know this really is the only representation you can only think that it has kind of negative um stereotypes behind it which is really disappointing yeah definitely it's um it's like one of those things it happens and you're like how why do people not get still don't get it like obviously you don't do that because like it's instant thing is oh like yeah it's something monstrous it's something to be feared um these are people to be feared because they're other they're different and like that is just ridiculous and absolutely like uh, things like that it's always like how many people did that get through no one went um maybe we shouldn't do that and it's so unnecessary to like like that you know that character and stuff like that like they're they're like that that is not a monstrous thing and they you can show that sort of if that's what you're trying to depict there are so many ways to do that 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 aren't that um and that's not even something that is monstrous or anything yeah no it's terrible very bad very bad 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 idea also in queer news there's a story about a sheriff who won her old boss's job after he sacked her for being a lesbian did you hear about this no that's terrible i mean great in the end but yeah so she's called Charmaine McGuffey and she's spoken out after becoming the first female LGBT plus sheriff in her county and she says that she is going to intend to use her position to repair trust in the police. Nice I mean give it a go. (laughs) I mean it's always good to have a win when you've been if you've been like unfairly dismissed as she obviously was. Great that she's uh found herself in that position. What a what a comeuppance for that for that that guy. I'm guessing it was a guy. Yes, it is. Well, um, I also wanted to ask you if you have watched the trailer for Happiest Season, the long-awaited lesbian Christmas film um, directed by none other than absolute dream icon, Clea Duval. I have. And obviously, as everyone can tell from the top of this episode, we're all about Christmas and we're all about queerness. So what more could we want then? 
uh, a stunning new queer Christmas film. Um, I think it looks uh, very, very good. It looks like a classic Christmas film um, in that, you know, it will have followed quite a sort of formulaic plot, etc. But it's about queer people. What more could you want? Um, sounds stunning. Well, there has been like a little bit um, of, of backlash on it from my girlfriend, also from our friend Sophie. I was talking to her about this last night um, from people feeling, and I do understand this, that, you know, it's disappointing to have a story that is um, about kind of like shame around sexuality, not being able to come out and using that as a kind of like boring, you know, overly overly told story about people who feel shame or maybe can't just be like happy living their lives as you know queer people and queer women and just for it to be like a nice Christmas story and I do understand that I also think you know on the flip side there's probably going to be a lot of people who can relate to this especially at this time of year who've like maybe gone through some kind of version of this and maybe you know for them it's kind of nice to feel represented in that way but yeah I also think that we this this film has its place but it would be nice um to have a Christmas film where you know um sexuality is just an accepted facet of the story and there's other things to be talking about yeah no I do uh completely agree when I watched the trailer because I've seen like a few bits about it and then when I watched the long trailer I was like I didn't realize that it had that storyline um yeah. and I was like oh Initially, I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> um, but I was like, I guess, like, that's, it's a step in the right direction of having some Christmas films that are, uh, have queerness in them. Um, and then I did, I saw, I read, like, an article with it, um, and I think Claire Duval was like, yeah, that she wanted to represent that this is a situation that a lot of queer people find themselves in, especially during the holidays. So um, I guess it is, it, like you say, it has its place. Um, it is a bit disappointing, but hopefully it opens the doors to there being more and more queer uh representation in movies and stuff just this morning read an article from on pride.com which um is a list of six new lgbtq plus holiday movies and shows that we're excited for this year um and it reads the first line ready to make this yuletide yuletide hella gay this holiday season so there's six new sort of holiday uh themed you know around uh thanksgiving new year and christmas um uh, various celebrations which have a queer element um uh there's and there's like the first ever queer um hallmark movie uh like to center around queer people which uh has mean girls jonathan bennett as one of the title roles so uh that looks great um there's happier season is in there as well there's like the first ever i think queer uh lifetime film as well so like uh people are moving in the right direction for queer films yeah. so there's more than just happiest season about um so keep your eyes peeled for it, lots of different movies is that one from um from me and girls the one who played aaron daniels yes oh yeah love him and love him in in cake wars is he in cake wars does he present cake wars yeah he presents something to do with cakes yeah it's cake one where he goes <laughs> and then at the end he goes you're done in this cake war i love that bit <laughs> I hate cake wars. Oh my so god, much. I love it so much. I know my, you do. my favorite one was was the episode where so like the whole premise of cake wars is that they need to like make some kind of cake for some like made up celebration of yeah. something that's like really just left field. So it's like it's always something really random. And one year it was like you need to make the cake for the seventeenth anniversary of Space Jam. <laughs> And then they just like like basically like use the production budget to like do a made up party about the seventeenth anniversary of Space Jam, and they need to like do this cake for it. Amazing. And then um, I remember when I was watching it, <laughs> one of the critiques was um, of the cakes. One of the judges just like ate a bit of cake and was like, "I like it, but I think that it just could have been a little bit more Space Jam." <laughs> Um, Amazing. I don't get why you don't like it because there's so many gifts in it. Yeah, well, it's a couple of things. It's um, the combination of, see, you know, I feel like, and I've said this before, like, uh, like one of the reasons why I found uh, it took me a long time to get into RuPaul and stuff, oh, find no. like edits of American reality TV shows very harsh and I don't like them. And there's a lot of sort of shouting and a lot of sort of like, ah, 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 we've got to make the cake in time. And I just like, don't care for that and yeah, then there is a lot of cake jeopardy in cake wars yeah <laughs> so I have to be in the right mood for that kind of edit second there's three reasons secondly 
Um, I don't re- uh, usually cake wars is the kind of thing which and I know this is exactly true where I come to your flat after a night out and you're watching it with our other friend and so therefore it's like that hangover space which is also why I don't really like like Saturday kitchen and and, and kitchen stuff like TV shows in the morning because it makes me feel like you're just doing that thing where you're like filling time but you feel really horrible yeah. so like don't like it for that and thirdly and this is one of my main things about like cake in particular I really don't like where like a cake is made and it's basically more like pr- like props than cake like yeah. structure than cake and i just don't believe in that apart from there is like some sort of cake show that's on food network which is about like a woman i think who makes really insane cakes in that exact way which i don't agree with but in the advert there's an old lady who walks into like a, a, a party where there's one of those cakes and she goes that's a cake and i find that really funny so <laughs> i say that every time i see one of those cakes or anything that i don't believe we go that's a cake <laughs> do you remember that like trend at the beginning of lockdown where it was like things that look like other things but they were cake oh everything is cake trend yeah yeah, yeah i didn't agree with that it was very unnerving yeah just like uh, they're cutting into things and it was cake yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a cake exactly well so, anyway we we digress yeah. we digress but um <laughs> other than other than cake wars has there been any other tv or film any other things you've been consuming well um a couple of things um I wanted to just very quickly, uh, I've been spending a lot of time with um, uh, a known two-year-old who has gotten into, you know, liking to watch the same films over and over and over, obviously. And his current favourites are Moana and Frozen. Mm. And I just was, I've watched Frozen so many times now. And I know there's always been this chat around like Frozen being slightly like sort of queer queer coded, especially Elsa. Um, And we watched Frozen 2 for the first time the other day because I currently have Disney+. Plus. So we were like, oh yeah, let's try and get him to watch like Frozen 2 so we can at least expand the repertoire slightly. <laughs> um, and uh, I just, and I, 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 I did find myself being like, oh yeah, this is still so queer coded. Like, so in the first, you know, film, as everyone knows, I think we've talked about this slightly a bit on the podcast before maybe, um, you know, there's like this element of she has this special power people are fearful of, blah, 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 blah. It's like a classic, you can see it as like a queerness, as a, and she does have that classic thing happen to her where she's othered and she's seen as monstrous and she has to run away and hide in her own castle and stuff. But, you know, she lets it go and lets her hair down, does that little sassy walk and we all love to see it. Um, so there's definitely a queerness there. And I think there's like, um, there's the idea of were they going to take that any further in Frozen 2? Um, and I read this really interesting article on Medium called Frozen in a State of Queer Denial. Um, and it's all about Frozen 2 and how uh, there's still so much sort of like coding of it being like, she like has to go off and like try and find herself because she knows she has these powers now, but she doesn't really know where she belongs still and how how she can like uh, be herself uh, in her like conservative town as it were can she or does she need to be somewhere else and there is just so much you can like read into it in a queer way but there's no like explicit queerness uh yet or at all really yet but um i just thought that was an interesting as i was watching um frozen 2 or as my nephew likes to call it fro fro so <laughs> uh yeah so i thought it was interesting um and i'll link to the article it's a good look at like the queerness of Frozen and of just Disney in history and of their like inability to let go of their conservatism and actually uh, uh, lean into it when it is definitely like people would be happy to see it. So, okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so um, that's one thing. And then um, I want to talk about because we never actually talked about it. Um, but did you ever finish Ratchet? No. Okay, well, that's fine. But because <laughs> we never talked about it. Obviously, it came out, I don't know, a few weeks ago now. Well, yeah. ages ago now, actually. Um, so it's a bit, we're a bit like behind the times, but I thought I might as well mention it because I can't get it um, out of my head. Um, that like, it was obviously, so Ratched was a new Netflix series made by like Ryan Murphy's production team and everything um, following the sort of origin story of Nurse Ratchet, who is the nurse from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, so it's sort of set in the 50s, her as like a, a young nurse coming into her profession and stuff. Um, it's, she's played by, oh my God, I've forgotten her name. Sarah Paulson. Yeah. So she, Ratchet is played by Sarah Paulson. Um, stunningly, she's very good in basically everything she does. Uh, and, you know, we love to see her on screen. Um, but 
overall, I watched the whole thing mainly because I was like, where is this going? What are they actually going to do here? I'm not going to do any spoilers. Um, but in general, I thought it was, oh, I just thought it was like a classic, the uh, classic example of oh, like someone having an idea and being like, right, right. Okay. Basically, I don't really agree with at the moment the trend of being like, right, what if uh, this thing that everyone knows, but an origin story of it, just as like the idea of something? Um, because that's fine if you're going to make something which sort of leads up to like who that character is or like the actual story that we know. But Ratchet is like, they've done that just to have the like name and to like hook you in kind of thing. But none of her sort of characterization really leads to the ratchet that we know from one Flew over the cuckoo's nest in my opinion like if anything because in one Flew over the cuckoo's nest she's supposed to be basically like a uh personification of like uh the machine of um institutionalization and stuff like that right and she's supposed to be so like heartless and cold and horrible but if anything in this series you see a sort of heartless or like quite cold character becoming softer if anything and that's like quite doesn't really fit therefore and like if this was just like a separate series about like a nurse in the 50s in an institution blah 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 then totally fine but i don't agree with like using the the lore and like the story of something to like hook people in and then not really like tell any uh, truth about that character yeah exactly um but obviously from a queer point of view there is um uh ratchet is sort of uh written as queer in this this telling of um yeah in this series uh and she sort of like starts a romance with cynthia nixon's character who like i was really annoyed got like (laughs) i was really annoyed she got like really territorial about nurse ratchet over like eating after they'd only had like one oyster together and i was like oh it's so stupid and then i was like oh no wait actually (laughs) (laughs) well famously one oyster is all it takes (laughs) so um yeah, it, it, there's some queerness and stuff, but I, I just, I, I didn't, I thought the plot was w- like wildly tempoed. It didn't really like, I don't know. I didn't really like it. It was disappointing to me. Um, so I wouldn't I say that you're missing anything by not watching the rest of it. Um, also, there's some like horrible puppets in it, which I hate puppets. And I also hate when someone has a pet like monkey and like pretends it's like their child and there's that as well. <laughs> so do you not like the Muppets? Oh, Muppets are fine because they're like, um, I don't like puppets that like look like people. Oh, okay. Fine. You know, like, the, like in The Sound of Music, those puppets, I don't like them. Speaking of monkeys as pets, have you watched um, the new series of His Dark Materials? Well, actually, yeah, I was going to say something to you about this. Um, so I was sat, uh, last Sunday, I was sat in the kitchen having breakfast with my sister and she goes, oh, it's tonight. And I go, what? She goes, it's tonight. And I'm like, what's tonight? She's like, the next series of Historic Materials. And I was like, what? And I had not heard or seen a single thing about that. And uh, I am like, hang on, I need to make some like, calls. I, need to make yeah. calls. <laughs> I was like, oh, Olivia will know about this. <laughs> Which I just find shocking because... I feel personally, specifically, I feel like one of the hugest fans of like his his dark materials, and therefore I feel like it's I've been wronged by not having it targeted at me. <laughs> yeah, that is that is kind of strange, I suppose. Um, I, I, um, I was also on a work call the other day that Ruth Wilson was on. <gasps> Amazing! I know oh I didn't God, get cool. to like talk to her or anything. It was like one of those where like you're not really allowed to do that, but um, yeah. it was cool to like be on a Zoom with her in the same Zoom. I felt yeah, very, very blessed. Yeah, so yeah, I did watch the first episode of the second season of that, which is out, and um, yeah, I've so far as good as the first season. I think they're continuing in a good stride. I, uh, you know, I like it. I think it's a good adaptation. I've There's a few waiting, things I would change, but yeah, I've been waiting for a couple of them to accumulate. I want to watch like maybe two or three in one to kind of okay. get into it so i've been uh, i've been saving it and actually instead bizarrely you know like sometimes sort of like a bit how you were saying about boy meets world you want to watch something for just like the nostalgia and comfort factor of it yeah and so i have been re-watching the royal family <laughs> oh yeah you mentioned that yeah um, i've never watched the royal family oh my god it's so good caroline hearn's an absolute genius the only problem with it is there are elements of it like with love actually like with so many of these things that have not aged well in 2020 i will yeah. 
completely honest. So um, there are a couple of things in it that um, are quite jarring to um, to us now as consumers of that content. But um, there's no denying what absolute comedy genius it was as an idea and how, you know, Gogglebox is like, effortlessly you know fallen out of that and has been so heavily inspired by that series so yeah and it just there's so many elements of it that are like reminiscent of how my family interacts okay um, yeah that sort of like strand of northernness and northern kind of like family ties and interactions that um are so are so familiar to me um so yeah I think that it's just it's real, real sort of like canon telly, but as I say, unfortunately, with that sort of like with a lot of things, an added dose of kind of um, elements that have not passed the test of time, shall we say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, I've been rewatching Boy Meets World at any given second while I have Disney Plus, um, and it it holds up okay. But there are a few sort of just throwaway, a bit like maybe homophobic slightly transphobic like jokes um which are just like oh come on like they're not ter- they're not terrible terrible but they're there so yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's disappointing but it's 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 sort of uh expected i guess which is you know sad in itself but yeah. um, it's just interesting yeah. when you when you go back and watch these things because they're certainly like not the elements that you remember and then i think that there's that moment of realization that probably to a degree you also accepted that at the time and <laughs> that's that's a sort of real horrifying factor but also you know good to see how in a lot of ways how far we have come so aside from watching things have you read any good books recently any recommendations well i've read a couple so um as we were saying before as soon as um we got past halloween i was fully in christmas mode and had a lot of stuff going on um at work and things like that so i didn't really have I didn't really feel like I had the like brain capacity to like get into a really sort of heavy book. So um, I had it on my shelf since last Christmas. But you know, sometimes if you get a Christmas book at Christmas, you then don't want to read it because as soon as you get it, it's after Christmas. So Absolutely. you're not in the space for that. And last year I got Twas the Night Shift Before Christmas, the Adam Kay Christmassy version of um, his original book, This Is Going to Hurt, which just has a lot of like funny Christmas and some sad Christmas stories of like being um, a doctor over the Christmas period over right. like I think the seven years that he um, worked as a locum. So um, yeah, it's just got some like funny bits, some heartbreaking bits, and you know it's just very sort of similar to the original really, but just with like a bit of a tinsley edge to it. And also um, Adam Kay is a gay man, so that is the gay rights quota from the book that I would like to throw in there. But yeah, you know if if you just want to sort of read something that's quite easy and gets you in a bit of a funny Christmas mood then um then maybe read that and also a renewed joy and appreciation for the NHS um you know now more than ever nice and enjoyed that and I also finished which I really loved The Midnight Library by Matt Haig I really enjoyed this book I think it had a really interesting premise so basically the whole idea of it um I I posted about it yesterday and Matt Haig posted my story oh stunning yeah my fame spreads on social media <laughs> um, <laughs> I've had one new follow from it so you know watch, watch this space um anyway I finished that and the whole premise of it it's kind of very similar convention to sliding doors or it's a wonderful life where it's basically someone who is you know dissatisfied with their life their mental health is in a really poor state, and they decide that they want to take their own life and then when they do that, instead of being dead, they're transported to the Midnight Library. So this character is transported to the Midnight Library. And basically, it's an endless library featuring endless books that detail every possible version of every possible life that she could have lived had she made different decisions. And I think that it really like plays on a bit of um, an epidemic that our generation as millennials have of a bit of an obsession with, you know, have have we made the right decisions? Have we done the right thing? We've come up where we've had some restrictions in a sense, like, you know, sort of coming into the working world in a recession, but also probably the first generation that's had like the complete level of choices that that, that we've had. And there's that whole anxiety that I think grips most of us to an extent of like, what would have happened had I done some elements of my life in a different way? It's definitely something that I think about all the time. And it speaks to 
as well um you know mental health struggles and just the kind of like general feelings of regret or second guessing which I think we can all feel at certain points of of our lives kind of pretty universally so it kind of plays on that idea and this character Nora is allowed to take a book open it and basically go and live that life for as long as she wants to see if it's the life for her and you sort of see her try on all of these different um, lives and sides of herself and it's kind of what she learns about herself through through that process so yeah I think it's you know an element of fantasy there's obviously a theme of mental health and anxiety which sort of weaves through it as well but yeah I think it's a really transport transporting book and makes you makes you think and I think it's quite a positive affirming message that you get from it sort of at, at the end so I think that if any of those things appeal to you you will enjoy that book nice yeah that sounds good and yeah how about you have you read anything that you've enjoyed um yeah i've read a couple of things i just wanted to shout out firstly um sort of if you wanted to extend your spooky season slightly i got in my most recent queer book box a graphic novel called through the woods which is by a queer artist um and uh, sort of illustrator and graphic novelist um and it's a really great uh like just a uh, collection of like short spooky stories um it looks amazing it's it you know actually made me a bit like scared spooked um and it's just sort of slightly like like where where a graphic novel meets like somebody who obviously likes Edgar Allan Poe and sort of suspense and like uh, spooky stories. So I would recommend that if you're into that kind of thing. It's a really nice book. And then similarly, I read a really spooky like short novel called Love by Hannah Orstavik, who's a Norwegian writer. Um, it's like a tr- uh, translation. And it's basically just set on like one night, this mother and son like each of their paths on this one night and how um, their sort of different choices throughout the night lead to like an event or like like the whole novel is so suspenseful I've never read something that's made me like oh god I need to read this to find out what happens like something is gonna happen here like something's gonna go wrong and it was like a really really great like example of that so yeah it's a really short read and a really great like atmosphere it's set in like rural Norway uh, and it's like really cold and there's snow everywhere so it's very sort of this time of year and quite unsettling but really really great so I'd recommend that that's that's really good and then queer wise as well I read Box Hill by Adam Mars Jones which is uh like a really great little novel about like a an affair between two men in the 70s a sort of older guy who's part of like a biker leather gang um, and a young guy who sort of comes across him on Box Hill one day and then just ends up like going to live with him and it's quite a like it's a good sort of story of like submissive same-sex relationships um, and sort of about like my maybe echoes of abuse and also like uh, being in a same-sex relationship in like the 70s and but it's also quite funny so it sort of like mixes those two things quite well um and yeah that was a really good book I would recommend that it's um um yeah it's a really good book um and is you know it's quite interesting to see like that kind of relationship depicted in a book in a way that you don't usually get to see so it sounds like it covers um some similar themes to uh the boys in the band have you watched that film on Netflix? No, I started watching it um, and was like, oh, I'm going to watch this in like installments because I just, I think I was tired, um, but I hadn't picked it back up again. So I think I watched like 20 minutes of it. But yes, I know that there's similar themes, aren't there in that? Yeah, and I I enjoyed it so much. So it's it's um, a film version of the off-Broadway play, The Boys in the Band. And it was one of the first plays that really depicted gay love, gay friendship and relationships. And it's about this gay group of friends in New York. And I think that, um, again, I think it's a Ryan Murphy production um, featuring the likes of Jim Parsons, Matt Bomer, and a lot of the kind of... queer Hollywood icons, um, Zachary Quinto, Charlie Carver, who played one of the twins in Desperate Housewives. You remember him? Oh, um, God. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's very funny. It's poignant. It's it's sad. And it definitely watches like a play, which was actually such a treat because I haven't been to the theatre in so long. And to watch something like that, that, that feels very much like you're watching a theatrical performance um, was, was quite nice. And... Um, 
I thought that Jim Parsons was was excellent in it and he's kind of like the main character who plays this sort of like really flawed protagonist it kind of reminded me of like what might have happened if a little life was set um earlier and the characters were older yes yeah 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 there's definitely similar feel yeah um, and like toxic friendships but you know a lot of love and complications and questions around you know what is um what is a socially acceptable um relationship and what what relationship paradigms should be monogamy polyamory all of those issues as well come up and um i think you know obviously it's a play that was from decades ago but still carries a lot of like truth and poignance in in 2020 as as well so um i I would definitely, definitely recommend it. And it's just really nice to watch a film. I watch far fewer films than I ever have because there are so many limited series and, you know, series on Amazon and Netflix and things. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely nice to watch something that, you know, is an hour and a half and then that's it. And you've, you've had the thing. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I really rate a a film sometimes over um, endless tellies, definitely. I will definitely make sure to watch the rest of it because I had actually a bit forgotten about it until you said it just then. So (laughs) It's definitely worth watching. I'd be interested to to hear what you think. And speaking of the boys in the band, what uh, bands or boys or not boys or not bands have you been listening to this week? What is your track of the week? Well, um, I was doing a bit of research into um, Radio 1 for work and I realised that Biffy Clyro has done a cover of WAP. What? (laughs) That is not where I thought that was going. (laughs) Yeah, and it is like the most sort of offbeat, bizarro thing that you could possibly watch. It's a live lounge performance, obviously. And it's very kind of... um, tongue-in-cheek sort of self-knowing uh version of WAP and he's like changed some of the words and he calls himself a wet-ass Biffy (laughs) (laughs) oh my word wow amazing and it just it made me laugh loads because it's just so stupid And yeah, they they'd like know it's stupid and I think like oftentimes like people can go to the live lounge and do really you know sort of like intense reversions of you know I don't know Bob Dylan songs or whatever and yeah. um he was just like what I'm gonna do is my own version of WAP and it's gonna be probably quite bad but it might maybe make people laugh so I like that yeah um I I, I quite enjoyed it I thought it like hit the right tone because it's very sort of like yeah self a self-deprecating version of the song so if you just want to have a bit of a bit of a chuckle go and watch that because it's quite funny amazing um that reminds me before i do my track of the week that um i got into like a bit of like a hole the other day of just watching like people's various like performances on what have been virtual award shows this this year um, and how much people have really leaned into like you know going all out and doing like big production like or like you know big tracking shots and stuff of like walking around studio and stuff like that phoebe bridges did a really cool um uh, live performance on I think it was like for Stephen Colbert or something I don't know some some sort of chat show or whatever mm. um, and uh, no Seth, Seth Myers whatever it's called I don't know all those names yeah. <laughs> but yeah people have been doing lots of different things which is cool I'd like to see what people have been doing um, and did you see like Doja Cat did like a heavy metal version of like Say So for the uh, VMA Awards which I thought was oh, just really cool. funny um, and uh, yeah was a really interesting like take on doing that kind of performance and being like oh I might as well just do something completely different and she basically has obviously maybe always wanted to be in Evanescence and she just like decided to do it for one, <laughs> for one time because no one's like there to like be in the audience and be like what the fuck you know yeah. what I mean so I, I, I love that I love that yeah so I would recommend watching that it's fun um uh but my uh track of the week um actually does come from some boys in a band and actually comes from the biggest boys in a band because it's finally happened to me Olivia I have become a BTS stan (laughs) oh amazing okay like I've always known about BTS obviously that is very you so Mm. that's the reason that you should love BTS yeah well exactly and um, I've always known about them and I've but I've never like really listened to them or anything I don't know why maybe I was like just not in the right place for it or I was too you know like loyal to my One Direction heydays or something Mm. um so but uh I feel like Harry Harry Styles would want you to love BTS yes he would (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and uh, but with the release of, I mean, it came out a few weeks ago, but their first like full, uh, fully uh, English language speaking song, Dynamite. Um, I sort of that was more of a pathway in, I guess, for me. And um, we had a night a few couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, in when I was still in Manchester where we just like watched loads of BTS because me and Izzy were like we should be into BTS why has this not happened for us <laughs> um, and we just watched loads of their videos and I just have to say I love the boys of BTS what a stunning pop band they know what they're doing <laughs> stunning and stunning dance routines as well yes such good dance routines so lots of their songs are brilliant but I will do my track of the week as dynamite because it is loads of fun and uh is a good one for when you want to feel like um you know recently when I've been feeling like a bit down i'm like oh i just need to like listen to a load of pop music in one go which can make me feel like a bit shit because we're not doing it in the normal way some in some ways but also makes me feel really nice um and yeah dynamite is an absolute bop so get it in your earbuds well i'm praying that in 2021 there will be a time where we can all go out and dance to bts together so we need to keep the faith and someone who i'm sure is only one phone call away from a stunning collab with bts is our very own Celine, that's right, it's time for Celine Watch. Unfortunately, the news is not that there is a stunning collab with BTS, but I could see that happening for them. Can you not? Oh, I think that would be absolutely appropriate. And um, probably one of the gems of 2021 that we should all be manifesting at this time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but whilst we wait for that, um, I have a little bit of Celine news um, in that uh, Celine is going to be taking part along with other big names such as Stevie Wonder and Gloria Estefan, uh, Josh Groban, Carol King, uh, oh, Leslie Odom Jr. I hope he sings uh, nonstop, our favourite from Hamilton, um, uh, in a um, Nurse Heroes all-star concert to be broadcast worldwide on Thanksgiving Thursday, November 26, 2020. So it's lots of big stars getting together, doing one of those big fund, uh, raising funds concerts for um, nurses um, and their families uh, during obviously 2020. Key workers are very important. And I believe they're also raising money for like scholarships for nurses um, and to just raise support for uh, health workers in general so Celine will be taking part in that um, and I'm sure she will put on a stunning performance yeah we love that for Celine so very exciting and on that note I hope that you have a lovely rest of your weekend hopefully watching back-to-back Christmas films and decorating your Christmas tree in early November because you know what you deserve it and while you wrap yourself in tinsel and uh, partake in Christmas eggnog we will be Loving you, leaving you, and longing for you. Until next week, have a very festive time and goodbye. Bye. How, in a lot of ways, how far we have come. I don't, doing the podcast, don't shout. <laughs> <laughs> Just sneaking the family interactions. <laughs>